Hello, my name is Brian Sweet, and welcome to the first episode of Sweet Sports Talk. Let me tell you a little bit about myself before we get started on the NFL Draft for the first episode. I grew up most of my life here in McKinney, Texas. I grew up watching sports a lot. My dad used to have Rangers, Mavs, Stars, and Cowboy tickets through his old office. That's how I grew in my love of sports that... I got my Eagle Scout when I was around 13 or 14. In high school, I was the manager of the football team for four years and the manager for the basketball team for two years. After that, I graduated from high school and then went to one of the up-and-coming colleges for sports broadcasting, which is Abilene Christian. And for all those who are wondering, yes, it is that college that you guys were all puzzled on when you looked at your March Madness brackets last year. While I was at Abilene Christian, I was very fortunate enough to be able to join the men's basketball team and become their manager for three years. I recently just graduated with my sports journalism degree from Abilene Christian in the winter of 2019. That's enough about me for right now. Let me uh, start us off by talking about the first round of the NFL draft. Started out like everyone thought it would be, seeing Joe Burrow go off the board, followed by Chase Young to the Washington, and then Jeff Okura to Detroit. And then, for the first shocker of the first round, the Giants passed on Iowa offensive lineman Tristan Worfs for Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia. Now, what's surprising about that pick was, Tristan Worfs was a higher-ranked player than Andrew Thomas was. Tristan Worfs is able to play more positions on the offensive line than Andrew Thomas is. Andrew Thomas is just an offensive tackle. He hasn't played any of the other positions. So, I don't know why the Giants decided to pass on Tristan Wirfs for Andrew Thomas. But then it doesn't surprise me at all when you see Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator for the Giants now. The second shock of the first round was when C.J. Henderson, one of the Dallas Cowboys' top choices in the first round, went to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number 9. Now, the San Francisco 49ers took who I wanted to see go to the Cowboys and Javon Kenlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Could have been Demarcus Lawrence 2.0 on the Cowboys' defensive line. But when the Eagles tried to trade up for C.D. Lamb at 16, the Falcons declined the trade and took A.J. Terrell, defensive back out of Clemson. And that's what set up the Cowboys to have one of the biggest deals in the first round. Roger Goodell, take it away. With the 17th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. After that announcement, the Dallas Cowboy fans across the nation celebrated as we took one of the top receivers in the NFL Draft at number 17. Michael Irvin, one of the former Cowboy players and current analyst for the NFL Network, perfectly describes how C.D. Lamb will be used in the Cowboys' offense. But what, the, what this kid does, he can play in that slot position that was vacated by Randall Cobb. He played 70% outside last season, 30% in the slot. But he had productions from both spots, seven touchdowns outside, seven TDs from that slot mill so he can play in the slot and when he has to he can go outside and make plays also and to think with the already loaded Cowboys offense with Ezekiel Elliott Michael Gallup Amari Cooper Blake Jarwin adding CeeDee Lamb into the mix makes the Cowboys offense one of the most lethal offenses in the NFL next season and you can see the Cowboys possibly rack up 400 to 450 yards on average a game next season. At the end of the first round, the Packers pulled off one of the most surprising picks that no one expected them to pick. They selected Jordan Love, quarterback, out of Utah State. What is surprising about this pick is 
When Brett Favre was 35, they selected Aaron Rodgers at a cow to sit behind him for a couple years, learn the offense, and then replace him when he got up near 40. Aaron Rodgers is now 36. Is it a coincidence that they selected Jordan Love to replace him? I don't think so. I think Jordan Love will be the heir to Aaron Rodgers in a couple of years when he's tradable to be a backup. Let's move on to the second round where the Philadelphia Eagles made one of the most surprising picks in the round. And that is them selecting Jalen Hurts from Alabama. Now, I know it's kind of weird seeing the Eagles draft a QB in the second round considering they have... Carson Wentz, who they just paid more than $100 million for the next four years. Now, the reason why they picked Jalen Hurts where they did is because Carson Wentz has a long history of injuries. The first two out of three seasons that Carson Wentz played, he was injured and was out for the rest of the season. And that's when the Eagles really didn't have a backup QB that they believed in to take over that spot for Carson Wentz. With Jalen Hurts, you can line him up at Wildcat QB, you can line him up at receiver, running back. You can basically use him as a weapon with Carson Wentz still under the center. But if Carson Wentz gets hurt again and is out for a long period of time, it was smart of the Eagles to select Jalen Hurts because he is a leader and can compete in tough situations like the SEC championship game where he had to come in for Tua after he went down with an injury right before he transferred to Oklahoma the following season. So, this case, I believe the Eagles did the right thing in drafting the QB in the second round, where it's very unusual to see that happen so early on in the NFL draft. The other selection that I thought was most interesting was when the Cowboys got another miracle pick at 51, when Trayvon Diggs, the corner from Alabama, dropped all the way to 51, and the Cowboys get another first-round player in the second round. Trayvon Diggs is probably one of the best corners in the draft, and I was shocked to see him drop all the way to round two and all the way down to where the Cowboys were. Trayvon Diggs should have been gone early in the second round at the top because there was a couple of teams up there that needed corners desperately, and I'm surprised those teams passed on him considering this guy was graded as a first-round pick at the Combine. In the third round of the draft... The Cowboys finally addressed the pass rushing when they selected Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. What I like about this selection is Neville Gallimore can play inside at defensive nose tackle, and then you can bump him out to defensive end as well, and you can use him in different packages on the defensive side of the ball. We reach the forefront of the draft, and this is where you start seeing the small school players come off the board and other teams taking waivers on other players that, you know, probably didn't get a lot of exposure like the Power 5 conference teams did. And so the Cowboys selected Reggie Robinson II, defensive back out of Tulsa. That was a smart pick for the Cowboys considering they have two to three players that are in contract years at that position. So it was smart for the Cowboys in that round to double up and grab another one in case of one of the cornerbacks decide to leave after their contract is up with the Dallas Cowboys. At the very end of the fourth round, the Cowboys took one of their extra fifth round picks that they had in this year's draft and traded it to the Philadelphia Eagles 
plus one for next year in the fifth round and selected Tyler Badiaz, center out of Wisconsin. This was a smart pick as well for Jerry Jones in the sense that Tyler Badaz, while he might not start week one of next year, he can possibly be the replacement for Travis Frederick, the all-pro center that retired during the offseason for the Cowboys this year. Now let's move on to the fifth round where there were only two picks that really surprised me in this round and one of them was Jake Frum, the quarterback from Georgia, going to the Buffalo Bills after Jake Frum was projected at the beginning of last college football season to be the overall number one draft pick going to the Bengals of this year's draft. Now the reason why Jake Frum probably dropped far as he did is because he's only a junior and he was only a starting quarterback for two years which means he doesn't have that much experience under center leading a team and that's probably why he fell as far as he did in this year's draft. The other surprising pick of this fifth round was when the Cowboys selected Bradley Anay from Utah. Bradley Anay was a defensive edge pass rusher from Utah who had over 30 sacks in his career at Utah. What surprised me was this guy was supposed to be a third rounder because of how fast and how quick he can get to the quarterback but I'm surprised the Cowboys were able to get him all the way in the fifth round. I expect Bradley and A to be starting on the opposite side of Demarcus Lawrence on week one of this NFL season coming up. Now I'm going to skip the sixth round and go straight to the seventh round where there are some surprising picks in the seventh round that I would like to discuss. And one of them is the Tennessee Titans selecting Cole McDonald, the quarterback from Hawaii University. Cole McDonald, I figured, would probably go undrafted just because of Hawaii. Not a lot of scouts go out to Hawaii to, you know, look at the players. But Cole McDonald could be a good player in the NFL. It could take a couple of years for him to develop into a quarterback, but I don't see him starting anytime soon or in the near future. Um, Nate Stanley is another one who got selected by the Minnesota Vikings who I think could easily take over Kirk Cousins' spot in a couple of years when he becomes a free agent. Nate Stanley basically has the same kind of play style as Kirk Cousins does but he's more of a taller quarterback who can throw better. Um, the next pick that really surprised me the most was when the Dallas Cowboys selected Ben DiNucci, quarterback from James Madison University. I think this could be an excellent pick to replace Dak Prescott in the near future if he doesn't sign a new contract. He was one of the most accurate QBs in the FCS division last year. With his throwing capabilities and his accurate passing, I think Ben DiNucci could be the perfect replacement for Dak Prescott in the near future future. That concludes the end of my first podcast. Please stay tuned as we will talk more about the COVID-19 situation in the sports world in the next couple of weeks.